You're listening to the newest episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life with your host, Kim Olver. This is Kim, and welcome to the opening of the third season and 79th episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. In this episode, I want to talk with you about coaching skills and characteristics included in a board-certified coaching program. If you like today's episode, make sure to leave me a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts, and share this show with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag me at the Relationship Center on Instagram or Facebook. The coaching profession isn't for everyone. In this podcast, I'm going to talk about the characteristics important to a coach, as well as the skill set coaches, especially board-certified coaches, need to develop. Recently, the Board Certified Coach, or BCC, program added some things to the curriculum, and I think the new information will make a great podcast for those seeking to differentiate between just getting certified by an independent coaching program, getting certification through the International Coach Federation, also known as ICF, or certification through the Center for Credentialing and Education, who offer the BCC credential. It can be pretty confusing. Let's start with the characteristics. First and foremost, a coach needs to enjoy people and derive satisfaction from helping others accomplish their goals. Coaches should also be a good example of someone who accomplishes their own goals. It lacks some integrity if you're telling others to do what you haven't already done and you're not following your own advice. It's important to model what you expect in your clients. Some things you may want to model are creativity, self-awareness, acceptance, effective interpersonal communication, acceptance of a challenge, self-disclosure, and flexibility around goal revision. In addition, coaches should have highly developed empathic skills with the ability to feel compassion towards their clients, even if they're doing things the coach doesn't think is wise. To do this, coaches need to have the ability to not judge their clients or their behaviors. They get curious instead. Curious to understand what's driving the behavior, which is always an unmet need. To learn more about the five basic human needs, listen to episode 16, Coronavirus, and how to get your needs met. Coaches acknowledge and validate their clients' feelings and communicate in an honest and straightforward manner. Coaches need to be comfortable with silence and know how to use it. Mirroring their clients' nonverbals can be helpful in building rapport. And being able to link ideas and concepts together in a useful way is also important. Coaches do a lot of active listening, which can include paraphrasing, summarizing, and encouragement. They will want to know how to assist their clients to reframe situations, particularly reframing from a painful interpretation to at least neutral, if not positive. Some things to use when appropriate are humor, metaphors, and ambiguity. Self-depreciating humor is good in most situations, but if you plan to venture away from that, make sure you have an idea of your client's sense of humor before using it, although it's appropriate to be playful in sessions if you are so inclined. Metaphors are simply a method to take the client away from the personalization of the situation to a comparison of something else that could help them understand it better. Ambiguity is allowing for uncertainty. Coaches need to be comfortable with that. 
The board certified program wants coaches to be able to interpret a client's nonverbal communication, which is a little more difficult online, but facial expressions are accessible. Phone conversations make it impossible to see the body's nonverbals, but you can still hear tone of voice, pitch, and cadence, which can provide cues into what's happening with your client. A good coach uses immediate interaction to advance the coaching process. They are doing the work in real time with their clients. The coach offers insight, brainstorms with the client, generates possibilities when the client doesn't have any ideas, and challenges clients to move beyond their comfort zone towards the accomplishment of their goals. The main technique of coaching is asking questions. This is what is done in the majority of the session because the thinking is that the client has the answers and when they don't, a skilled coach can Socratically question the client to help them figure out their own answers. There are many different types of questions at a coach's disposal and with training and experience, they will be skilled at differentiating which questions to ask when in what situations. Coaches almost always prefer the open-ended question to yes-no questions because it elicits so much more information. Some additional types of questions are affective questions, inquiring about a client's emotions. In mental freedom, this is important information to understand how a client feels about certain things, but we don't stay talking about emotions because there's nothing a client can do to directly change them but it's important to understand where the client is with whatever's happening. Analytical questions. These questions ask a client to think deeper or in a different way about something. Connecting questions, questions that connect one or more ideas together. Clarifying questions, questions to help the coach better understand what their client is saying. It could also be a question to help the client clarify their own thoughts and feelings. Reflective questions. These are questions that you ask the client not to answer right away, but rather to think back on something and then to respond. Exploratory questions, to go where the client hasn't gone before. These are questions about new territory not previously thought about. Probing questions. These are designed to go beyond the client's comfort level in the service of uncovering something often getting in the way of accomplishing the goal. And finally, there's challenging questions. Used when you suspect a client isn't being totally honest with themselves, you can call them out on it to further the coaching process. This can also be used to challenge the coachee to test their assumptions and biases. Of course, the coach needs to get permission before challenging their client. There's a wide repertoire of behaviors a coach needs to have in their toolkit to use during coaching sessions. A coach needs to affirm their client's autonomy. The coach is not to be viewed as the expert. The coach is a partner in the process of helping the client accomplish their goals. The agenda is always the coachee's. A coach co-creates the coaching plan with their client, explores ideas, and ascertains with the help of the client whether the goal is conceivable, believable, achievable, measurable, and desirable given the client case. The coach also looks at barriers related to the goals and creates an accountability plan with the client. The coach provides honest and clear feedback to clients when needed. They facilitate the client's development of good decision-making skills 
and help the client clarify the barriers they have as they relate to decision making. A good coach will discuss the client's progress toward their goals and encourage them to reevaluate them on a regular basis to determine whether their current goal is still the priority and make modifications as necessary. A coach recognizes culturally sensitive information and responds accordingly. A good coach will modify the coaching process based on any issue that influences the client's goals. Coaches also need to coordinate the coaching plan with other service providers, especially social workers, counselors, and any other providers who need to know about your client's plan, with a release, of course. Prior to discharge, a coach helps the client develop a sustainable plan to help them be successful after coaching services are terminated. There are many things a coach is on the lookout for to help clients' growth and development to ensure future success. A good coach will facilitate clients' openness, their own self-coaching skills, their access to additional services and resources, and their use of information resources and coaching. A coach from day one is focused on assisting clients to be independent and ready for discharge and beyond. It's also a coach's job to assist with certain things. The following is a list of things that could be addressed in a coaching lane, but it is not exhaustive. Coaches help clients to understand their current perspective. Sometimes clients enter coaching with a lack of clarity around what they're thinking, what their priorities are, as well as their next steps. Gain new perspectives when theirs are limiting their progress towards their stated goals. Understand their belief and value systems that impact goals. Sometimes clients believe their beliefs and values are immutable, but this is not the case. Coaches help clients evaluate how well their beliefs and values are serving them towards the accomplishment of their goals, and when necessary, help them adapt and modify their belief and value systems to achieve their goals. Understand the balance of life roles and careers while discussing work-life balance. From a mental freedom perspective, work-life balance is different for everyone. I teach coaches in our program how to help clients evaluate proper work-life balance based on their basic needs and what they're trying to accomplish. Understand potential risks in decision-making and develop strategies to minimize those risks. Identify, develop, and use appropriate support systems. Assist the coachee to locate relevant information and resources. Manage role transitions. This is often an area people seek coaching for, adjustment to retirement, empty nesting, job changes, marriage, new parenthood, divorce, etc. Build skills. When you're coaching and helping clients build skills, it's important that you have training or personal experience in the skill set being acquired. Build confidence. Clients often know what they want, but lack the confidence to move forward. They may be engaging in some self-sabotage. This is a ripe area for coaches to explore with those clients who are capable of accomplishing their goals, but somehow keep putting the brakes on. Manage conflict. Conflict is a natural part of life, but some people are just not good at it. Either they go overboard at pushing their agenda, causing problems with their relationships, or they avoid it like the plague. 
learning how to effectively manage conflict and recognize it for the opportunity it is to grow to a better place after its resolution is a life skill your clients will appreciate. Move from awareness to action. There are clients out there with analysis paralysis. They're aware of what they want, but they're constantly waiting to be more ready. With many things in life, you ready yourself as you go. Staying stuck in awareness without action is yet another form of self-sabotage. Identifying relevant life experiences. This is particularly important when looking for strengths. I will often ask my clients if they can recall a time they felt scared but acted anyway, or if they confronted a person and didn't die or lose the relationship. The idea is to search the past for similar successes to build on. If there are relevant failures in the area you're exploring, it helps to look at those too and build contingencies into the present plan to handle the obstacles that created the failure in the past. Take action based on data. Rather than just blindly jumping, coaches help their clients collect data in the form of personal inventories, research, and talking with relevant individuals before moving forward towards their goals. Create a personal action plan. The plan should always be the client's plan. However, there will be times when they have no idea what to do, which may be why they hired you in the first place. When this occurs, no matter how many times you ask the question, what are you willing to do to move forward towards your goals? They won't have an answer. At Academy of Choice, we teach our coaches three ways to provide at least three viable options, more if you can think of them so your client can choose from among the options making the plan their own. Set short and long-term goals. When I coach someone, I like to use our goal attainment system, which begins with the end in mind, as Stephen Covey wrote about in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I ask people what they want their guests to say about them at their 100th birthday party. We then reverse engineer the plan to get them there with the time that's left in between. This creates a long-term vision, a 10-year vision, five, three, and one-year goals, quarterly, monthly, and weekly plans with a daily to-do list. Clarifying goals. It's interesting to me, but there is not any energy around achieving fuzzy goals. When goals lack clarity, it's hard to make progress towards them because people don't really know where they're going. Making that goal crystal clear in the eyes of your client will help with forward movement. Identify potential strategies for meeting goals. This is an area coaches can shine. Clients often know what they want, but don't know how to get there. It's also easier to see multiple paths to the goal when you're on the sidelines with a different perspective. These skills and much more are covered in a board certified coaching program. Academy of Choice, our coaching program, is approved by the Center for Credentialing and Education to help its participants acquire the BCC credential after sitting for their exam and doing 30 hours of coaching. Even if you aren't interested in the BCC credential, you can still take our program and become certified by Academy of Choice. You may also research and attend an ICF program. The choice is yours, and it typically depends on what you want. If you don't have a minimum of a bachelor's degree, you can't become a board-certified coach, so you would want to look into the ICF coaching programs. 
If you have a master's or doctorate in counseling, you need a 30-hour program. If you have a master's degree in any other helping profession, you require the 60-hour program. And with a bachelor's degree, you need the 120-hour program in board-certified coaching programs. Academy of Choice now offers all three. In addition, at Academy of Choice, you will learn our proprietary coaching system based on the legendary work of Dr. William Glasser and Choice Theory Psychology. So please check us out at academyofchoice.com. You just finished listening to an episode on the Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life podcast. Remember to leave me a review at the Relationship Center on Instagram or Facebook and share this with your friends on social media if you find it helpful. I hope you'll join me next week when I'll interview Conchetta Jones about her unique footprint in the field of coaching. I'm looking forward to it. Talk with you then. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at www.therelationshipcenter.biz forward slash podcast and remember to subscribe.